sand spurs, which are a type of weed that is indigenous to Florida and uh, can actually, you know, wound you, give you disease. Your prickly little edge will pierce your skin, leaving you open to infection. And as far as I can tell, is in every part of Florida. Uh, any part I find, there are sands. I've even seen them in Georgia. I've been doing battle with them for a few years now. I'm here to argue that they are an intelligent plant. According to Marion Webster, intelligence is a noun. The ability to learn or understand things or to deal with new or difficult situations. By that definition, sand spurs possess intelligence. Some people may scoff when they hear a mention of plant intelligence, but I suspect they've never spent any serious amount of time interacting with them in their natural habitat. In Florida, we have something called a sand spur. I'm still shocked nobody has named a sports team after them. I mean, really, they're tenacious, they're persistent, they're adaptable, they're native, they're from here, they're indigenous, and they're tough. They just don't go away. It's a little redundant, but you do get your point across. And they, they form these spur-like seeds that can make you bleed, and then it also allows them to travel when it sticks to your clothes or to the fur of animals. In my yard, I don't like using any kind of herbicides or anything. And uh, a lot of people's approach is to just cut them down at the lowest level possible, but that's not very good for the other grasses. So for the last few years, I've been pulling them out by their roots, which are very elaborate, those systems, a little web. But what's interesting is in the parts of the lawn that lack nutrition, they thrive. They also, when they first grow, have very pretty, bright green leaves. Very pointed, though, so they stand out from the other ones. If you pull them out by the roots, you get as much of the root ball as you can, leaving probably a few fingers there. The next time they emerge, they'll have the same leaves but rather than waiting until they get to be three or four inches tall to start forming their seeds, they start forming their seeds at a half an inch. So you now have actually a more dangerous, annoying intruder. You can't even see it. It hides amongst the other grass. Which leads me to this. If you pull those short ones out, the leaves begin to lose their brightness. And the leaves become broader and they look less and less like your typical sand spur.
I mean, this strikes me as brilliant. And they start growing in different sort of clumps. And if you pull those out, they change again. They take the identity of their surrounding people. Uh, you just call them people. I think you're anthropomorphizing is the proper term to describe what you just did there. And in here, down here, we have something called St. Augustine grass, which crawls. It sends out shoots and moves along. The sand spurs will begin to look like St. Augustine grass. The spurs are hidden within the folds of the leaves. I was inspired to record this after, well, while thinking about it, as I was walking out to the mailbox, I come back and there was a, a nice nest of those spurs about eight inches from the edge of the sidewalk. And so under the cover of St. Augustine grass, the sand spur was trying to cross the sidewalk. Now, if that isn't some form of intelligence, I'm not sure how to describe it because it's interacting with what I'm doing to it and it's changing its methods to achieve its goal. Plus, it kind of made me think of, more than kind of, it made me think of uh, the analogy that might have with fighting terrorism. It takes root in the weaker parts, the neglected areas, looks healthy and beneficial at first. Well, it's the only thing growing in some areas. Then once you identify its motives and try to root it out, it blends in with its surroundings. And the only way to get rid of it completely is to kill everything. And then they'd be the very first thing to come back. During this next section, you'll notice my tone has changed, but that's because I'm outside with my fork, hand fork, and my five gallon paint bucket and I'm out pulling those sand spurs out. I'm sure the neighbors can see that I'm recording and that I'm working with only one hand. They might think I'm a little crazy, but... But who is it? At least they can't hear what I'm saying. Anyways, more on the sand spurs. I'm out here now. I just neglected them for a very short period of time. A week that took my attention away from them. And not only have they blossomed in their spots, but they've spread out. The thing is, no matter how good a job I do clearing them out of here, unless my neighbors are equally as vigilant. I think you may be equally as diligent. They're just going to move right back in as soon as I stop. Paying attention. Also fascinating to observe that they, one of their tactics to disguise themselves is to make themselves very small, low to the ground. 
then as you get down to grab one, and you bring your attention closer, you realize that there's tons more. And they're everywhere you look. And they're mixed in with the good stuff. And so when you're pulling it out by the roots, you're pulling out stuff you want to keep as well. It's hard to be that precise. And they've been here longer than we have. And their roots are deeper. episode, I should discuss the uh, consciousness of plants. You can't see consciousness, but you can see evidence of its existence. It's like with that kudzu, you know? It'll... I remember when my manager was looking out the window and said, Look at that vine. It's actually coming up out of the ground and it's reaching up to the branches of our tree and it wants to get around it and strangle it. And I thought she was a bit mad. We haven't been able to observe its progress and whether it has its own intelligence and consciousness and desire. Because she wasn't interested in finding out. And she pulled it out by its roots. Now I'm wondering whether it felt any kind of pain or emotional distress. But I have very little doubt that our definition of intelligence and consciousness, our definitions, I should say, of intelligence and consciousness are not broad enough for the reality. As we keep learning, our tools bring us ever greater precision. We can see things in larger scales and smaller scales. 
And in every case, we find stuff that we didn't know existed before. So thinking that our tiny little brains can comprehend the whole thing is absurd. And that's where religion comes in, because they give you a nice, simple, easy answer. And scientism frequently seems to be doing the same thing. But the reality is, there is no simple answer. It's super complex, and it's greater than our, uh, greater than our ability is to conceive of it. And we're stuck right in the middle of it. And everything depends on it. And we don't have enough information. How to proceed? Perhaps like the kudzu and the predatory capitalists. Actually, I'm going to recommend that we just go with uh, Green Dean, guy I found on the YouTube. He posts over there under the name Eat the Weeds. Hold on a second, I'm gonna play a little bit of him. Sand spurs are wild food that find you instead of you finding them. They will uh, hit a ride on you. So if you're going out to get sand spurs, I recommend you take with you a pair of needle-nose pliers so you can pull off the unintentional hitchhike. Like many grasses, sand spurs grow in clumps. So the easiest thing to do is simply take your knife, go down and cut down the bottom and just Take home the entire stock. That way you avoid the, the business end. Green Dean recommends burning off the husks, as I call the spurs. You really just want to singe. You want them on fire, just to singe the edges. Get rid of the sharpness. Method of preparation. Well, once it's liberated from the spiny husks, sand spur can be eaten raw or parched. Or you can also bake it. It can be used like any grain, actually. You can make beer out of it. How about that? Or porridge or flour, and that flour can be used to make bread that's mixed with uh, other flours or just by itself. When it's used by itself, it's usually used to make a thin, unleavened bread called kisra. You know, and that's excellent mockingbird timing. I want you to eat green, want you to live green, and thank you. issue a warning regarding ergot growing on the sand spurs. He said it could cause hallucinations, which sounded kind of interesting, or death, which also sounds kind of interesting. But I don't think I'm going to go for either anytime soon. Well, that about finishes us up for this episode. The next one's going to be number 100. It seems like a big deal for some reason. I don't know whether to do something special or just do my best to get another one out. So we'll just have to wait and see how that turns out. But thanks for listening. Remember, you can always get in touch with me at FONPR at Yahoo.com with questions, comments, complaints, yeah. or ideas for shows. I'm, I'm open. All right, thanks again. Talk to you later. <laughs>